On BYU Sports Nation, the clear and major improvement BYU football made last season. Besides more wins, did you notice it? Head coach Kalani Satake joins us. His thoughts on Ryan Pugh bouncing, signing day focus, and the backup quarterback wants to play baseball. Plus a season-defining four-game stretch for BYU basketball. And fast food for everyone. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 15th, wherever and however you are connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Studio B's fast food savant, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, this ain't no White House, but uh, yeah, whatever you want from the local American establishments. Let's get Uber Eats, right? Yes. <laughs> I tried to get a certain local uh, cookie establishment to deliver on Saturday. It wouldn't deliver for three hours, though, and I had a hankering for it right then. Uh, I was disappointed that uh, Uber Eats, or, or th- actually it wasn't Uber Eats. It was that this establishment took... Three plus hours to potentially deliver the goods. Three hours? So did my wife do me a salad and go get it while I watched the kids? Yes. Point Whitney. The real MVP. Well played. Here's today's show lineup full of goodies. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake will join us in about 15 minutes. What does the exit of offensive line coach Ryan Pugh mean for his program? And is Kalani now handling BYU's next dual sports star? Plus, Lauren McLean goes between the lines with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. They go undercover on campus to quiz students about geography. Geography. Jimmer Fredette's uh, major at Brigham. Oh, that's right. It was. I've always wondered what um, is in that major. It's like, well, I know all the countries, and uh, I graduated. He's been able to. I'm sure there's more to it. I just don't know what it is. He's been able to implement that knowledge very, very... uh, Often living in China. He's traveled a lot. Living in China. Yeah. Yeah. Dude dude is well-traveled and well-versed in geography. But can he name, like, all the African nations? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we'll ask him I, next I time can't. we interview him. I have him. no idea. Right now, give me today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The University of Troy officially announces the hire of Ryan Pugh as their new offensive coordinator. He's going back home to Bama. Pugh had been the offensive line coach for BYU for one season. Kalani Satake, his head coach, had the following to say about Pugh's departure, and I quote, I'm excited for Coach Pugh. This is a great opportunity for Ryan to become a coordinator in his home state. He's an outstanding coach, and I appreciate all he has done to help our program. I wish him the best at Troy, end quote. More from Coach Satake live in Studio B. Again, that in about 13 minutes. Yoli men's and women's basketball sweeps the West Coast Conference Player of the Week awards. Yoli Childs earns his second Player of the Week nod, averaging 27.5 points and nine rebounds last week and wins over Portland and Santa Clara. And on the women's side, Paisley Johnson, first Player of the Week award, averaged 24.5 points per game last week and a couple of victories. Washington State Player of the Year a couple of years ago. Shaley Gonzalez, the Arizona State Player of the Year, so good to have those guards together in the backcourt. BYU men's volleyball climbs a spot in the ABCA coaches poll to number four with help from the aforementioned Gabi Garcia-Fernandez, who earned an MPSF Molten Offensive Player of the Week nod with 31 kills. He had 410 
Newcomer Davide Gardini also made an impact and was named off-the-block National Freshman of the Week with 22 kills, six digs, and a couple of blocks. BYU Volleyball with a big test. They face Penn State this Friday. It won't be that big of a test. Or it won't be a big test. BYU gymnast Shannon Evans earns... Joint Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Bars and Floor Specialist of the Week honors with an impressive performance against number three Utah on Friday. Scored a 9.875 on the bars, 9.9 on the floor, and an overall uh, all-around score of 39.4, pushing BYU to its highest opening score in program history. Subsequently, the floor routine had a Mario Brothers theme, and that went viral. 30,000-plus yep. views on Twitter, coverage from Yahoo Sports and Sports Illustrated. Pretty cool. Shout-out to Mikkel Merkley, who walked us through all of the aspects of the viral floor routine for well, Shannon Well, Evans. she's the play-by-play, and you're that's the how, narrator. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Gymnastics is different. I love gymnastics. It's great. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The gridiron dust has literally and figuratively settled on the 2018 college football season, graciously leaving us several months to examine how BYU has improved. I mean, really improved. One area that stood out yesterday, pass efficiency defense based on quarterback rating allowed by the defense you face, and that brings us to our stat of the day. Thank you for serenading me. This season, BYU jumped 83 spots in pass efficiency defense. 83! The largest improvement of any FBS team. From 105th last season, or the 2017 season, to 22nd nationally. That is a massive jump. When you first saw that stat, what was your reaction? I was trying to understand the stat. 83 is a big jump. That means BYU really stunk last year at that. Uh, Tremendous improvement. That's great. I'm a little surprised by this because I know BYU played some veterans on the back end. Chris Wilcox and Michael Shelton, a cornerback, until uh, Wilcox was injured late in the season. But there were freshmen in there. D'Angelo Mandel, Malik Moore, Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Heron. After Travion Green got hurt, you had to throw in these four freshmen in. It looks like they did pretty well. Uh, Couple that with good uh, linebacker play by Isaiah Kafusi. Uh, you know, Austin Lee at safety as well. Those guys combined for four interceptions to lead the team with two apiece. We questioned why John Dyingon Woloku and uh, Troy Warner were playing safety. It, it ends up being that BYU was a pretty good pass defense. And I, BYU doesn't play in the Pac-12 or Big 12 where they're slinging it a ton. But I thought BYU's pass defense was good, and the numbers bear that out, which is great. Jump by 83 spots, that's tremendous. The most improvement of any FBS team. I'll take it. Yes, surprised for sure that the jump was that big. But then I thought, was there any team that had a massive passing performance against BYU all season? Arizona was supposed to be super potent through the air. Yeah, Cal didn't. Washington was more balanced, even though BYU got blown out. They ran over BYU, yeah. There was only one team, I think, that had like a big-time offensive performance. But that's the idea. The pass defense was good. And it was Utah State yeah. when they put up 45 points. But, I mean, even Boise State, who has a formidable pass offense, not great yeah. against BYU. Yeah, th- I think there were enough quarterbacks there to where it could have happened. Jake Browning, who I guess peaked as a sophomore. Uh, Brett Rippon, Cole McDonald, Khalil Tate. Jake Browning, uh, or sorry, uh, Alex Hornibrook chewed up BYU the year plenty. before. There were plenty Wasn't of good, good quarterbacks that yeah. had an opportunity to go big-time yards in the air, but they didn't do it. 
So, yeah, I thought about it. And well done, BYU defense yeah. through the air. And given the personnel. I mean, I'm telling you, BYU played four freshmen at cornerback, and they are, uh, you know, 83 spots better in that category. Very nice. After two home wins at home uh, last week, BYU Hoops embarks on a tough four-game stretch that includes roadies at Pepperdine and San Francisco this week, then St. Mary's at home, and then Gonzaga the next week. Spencer, how will BYU Hoops do in the next four games? These are big games. Straight up two and two. I think they split the next four games. BYU will win one of the two on the road, and they'll win one of the two at home. I would love to say that BYU will win both at home, but asking BYU to beat Gonzaga is... No, don't... Don't ask just that. Can't, no. yeah. yeah. If they get it, great. If no. Can't nope. ask nope. it. BYU, will you please beat St. Mary's, though? <laughs> I think that's doable. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. BYU's 9-1 and one at home. They are a different team at home. This will be the second best team BYU plays at home, though. Now, the funny thing about this road trip is BYU has traditionally struggled in the Firestone Fieldhouse at Pepperdine. And they have never lost on the hilltop at San Francisco, but clearly the Dons... As a league member. Yes, as a league member. Clearly the Dons are a much better team than Pepperdine. So can BYU split that road trip? I think they will. Two and two. BYU uh, coming back uh, with two out of the four in this next huge four-game stretch. You think Pepperdine's St. Mary's then? Most likely. Most likely. I'd take a split. One and three is a real possibility. It is. I, I, I don't know that three and one is... Uh, super realistic, but I would love to see it. If BYU can go three and one, get on a five-game win streak, you only lost to Gonzaga in this next stretch. Now BYU's back. They're in the they're in the top three hunt. They're in the hunt for number two. No one's challenging Gonzaga for one. Let's be honest. But you're right. BYU's lost four or five at Pepperdine. They did win last year in OT. Okay, that was that was a nice win to kind of get the monkey off the back in that building, which is super weird. Um, and then you play at San Francisco, where BYU has won the last four by 10-plus. There was a 31-point win in there. But this is not your grandma's San Francisco. This is a different San Francisco. So I, I'm excited for that game. But BYU has to win Thursday to get on, off on the right foot. If they lose Thursday, that is trouble because you're playing the top three teams in the league, in my opinion. Gonzaga's won. San Francisco's two and St. Mary's is three right now. Can BYU insert itself into the top three is the question. So you need to at least go two and two. If BYU goes one and three, they're in trouble. If BYU is five and three coming out of this next four-game conference stretch, they're still in great position to finish top three in conference. And I think that's the goal. If BYU finishes fourth, I'll be disappointed. I will. That'd be be a step back. That'd be the first time uh, BYU finishes outside of the top three in the uh, now eight years in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, at this point, I think the realistic goal is to put yourself in a position where you wouldn't have to face Gonzaga in that championship round in the West Coast Conference tournament. Sorry, in the semifinal round in the West Coast Conference tournament. You want you want to play Gonzaga in the championship. So you want to be two or three. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yeah, getting getting to a one-off would be nice. I don't think anybody's beating Gonzaga in Vegas. I don't think anybody's beating Gonzaga no matter, no matter where they play, let alone Vegas, which, to be honest... I've I've seen every single Gonzaga championship game in Vegas. They are unbeatable there. And it's not just because they're good. It's because that crowd is a better home court than the kennel. It is. There's more fans there. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. BYU's got a new dual sport athlete, Jerem, aspiring BYU football quarterback, Jaron Hall. Also can play some hardball. Yeah, he's good on the diamond at baseball. Here is the head baseball coach, BYU Mike Littlewood on Hall's prospects as a baseball player. We're going to give him a chance. I think Jaron is realistic about 
what's going on. We're going to give him the next four weeks. We have to finalize our roster in the middle of February. So we're just going to give Jaron an, an idea where he stands at the end of that and let him kind of make his decision. I know that he's in the, in the mix and he wants to be a starting quarterback at BYU. And uh, we're not going to get in the way of that for sure. So we just we just want to be here to to say, hey, this could be a future um, opportunity for you, uh, or go back and play football. You got no chance here. But I don't think the latter is going to be. <laughs> he's pretty good. I can't believe I'm going to ask this question, but we're going to do it. Is Jaron Hall the next Kyler Murray on campus at BYU? Okay, not at that level, but perhaps. Don't forget, there has been a guy like Danny Ainge that has been a baseball savant as well as an NBA All-Star. I don't know if Jaron Hall's that guy. We know he's a tremendous athlete. We haven't kind of seen what he can do, uh, you know, on the football field yet. He played sparingly in two games. He redshirted. He'll be a redshirt freshman. But it's kind of exciting. We'll see. Kalani Sataki will join us in the next segment. We'll, we'll pick his brain on this stop, but... Murray is smaller, by the way, than Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall is 6'1", 210. Spanish fork, obviously. Kalen Hall's his dad. He's got the genes. It's BYU football, though. I, is it a good thing if the potential incumbent quarterback is playing baseball and not in spring ball where, let's be honest, in the fall, knock on wood, he, the homie's one play away. You know, and, and under Kalani Sitake, based on the game one started, a different quarterback has started one-third of the games. That's either due to injury or ineptitude. So I don't know that I want the backup quarterback playing a different sport when he needs to, like Zach Wilson did last year, accelerate his learning in spring so that come fall, he's ready to go should there be an issue. Who's to say he can't accelerate his learning and just double time and be in spring football as much as possible as well as with baseball? It's just like you don't maximize the opportunity. You lessen your football... Uh, ability by not doing that. Like, hey, I want to be good at tennis, but I'm not going to play tennis as much as I can. Like, no, play, be in spring ball. So I think it'd be cool if he plays both, but he's the backup. I think he's got to be 100% football. That's just me. Well, you think he's the backup, but there's a guy named Joe Critchlow there as well. So is he the third string or is he the backup? Jaron was, when Tanner Mangum was hurt, Jaron was the backup. So that's why I'm saying. Well, he's that, the, they, it, they he wanted him to get reps. That doesn't mean that he officially was the backup. Right, but Joe didn't even come in last year, right? He didn't even take a snap? Or did he? Jaron Hall, to me, is the incumbent backup based on where he was last year. That doesn't mean he is the backup. But guess what? If you play baseball, maybe Joe gets ahead of you in spring ball because he's there every practice and you perhaps might not be. And was Matt Bushman slowed down by playing baseball? He barely played. He, like, didn't really play on the baseball team. Was Jacob Hanneman was slowed before he played. Was Jacob Hanneman slowed down in either sport by being a dual sport athlete? Yeah, he didn't really play much football here. Well, I'm just saying, like, it didn't ruin but, his development in the best sport that he was at. Right. Well, he, he ditched football, though. Okay. He went to baseball. Right. And, and in the season he did that, he was drafted in the third round. Yeah, Jaron's an athlete. He's figuring it out. You know, but right now, with Joe Critchlow and Zach Wilson there, I'm not overly concerned that, oh, he's not going to be with the team in each and every meeting right now, in each film session. If he wants to be the starter, he needs to be there. Well, he might be. Who's to say he won't be? We don't know. That's what I'm saying. If he's playing baseball, I think it inhibits his ability to maximize. But we don't know. Every- but we don't know. I do know that if you're not in there all the time, that that would hurt you. Yes, but you don't know that he couldn't do both. He could do both if he figures out the schedule. He could do that. Right? Like, uh, there's you, Bronson Kafusi, if he had gone all in football or uh, like, what did Corbin Kafusi have to do? He had to pick one if he wanted to maximize his chances at being the best in one sport. Yes, at eventually, but not right. When he was early, he was right. played both. 
and he was effective in both. But, Jaron, we're talking about the backup quarterback, like one player away from being the starter. That is different than just being a backup corner like Jacob Hanneman or a young Corbin where he is the starter, but he's a defensive lineman. To me, because it's quarterback, it is very different. It's a good problem to it's have. It's the most cerebral position you've got to be in there. It's a good problem to have when you're an athlete and you can play two sports. Yeah, So and, that, and that's Jaron's And that's like a blessing and a curse, right, that out. he is so athletic that he's pursuing baseball. And Mike Littlewood, it's not like, listen, Matt Bushman went out for the baseball team. He wasn't like one of the best players. It was cool he was on. Jaron Hall, according to Mike Littlewood, is pretty stinking good. Speaking of athletes, our question of the day centering on impressive individual efforts by BYU athletes over the weekend, and that includes past or present. Which was the most impressive? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Laser Sheep in on Twitter, Mario Brothers Floor Routine by Shannon Evans. Not only was it well executed, what a fun choice of music. Shannon loves it. She's beaten several Mario games several times. She did a shark theme, a Jaws-themed uh, floor routine last year that got some run, but not quite the viral run she's gotten through Sports Illustrated and on social media. So, yeah, absolutely. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to add your voice to the conversation. Coming up with signing day fast approaching, what's the focus right now for Kalani Stuck? The head football coach joins us in studio. We'll ask him his reaction when he heard Ryan Pugh took the job as offense coordinator at Troy and much more. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, watch or listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio as Coach Rose, Connor Harding, and Assistant Coach Tim Lacombe join Greg Rebell to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seat for the show in Studio C right now on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. It's tonight. 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Ready. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day, what was the most impressive individual performance by any BYU athlete, past or present, over the weekend? This response in from at Arizona MCC on Twitter. Luke Worthington? Okay. He had 13 points. Okay. Yeah, against Santa Clara in a close win. He I, I, that's played not the most huge impress- in the first 20 it was, minutes. It was a nice performance. It's not the most impressive to Okay. Me. Yeah. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Who will have the most impressive performance for BYU in Utah when they open the college football season in how many days? The countdown to the Utes. 226. 226 days away, in case you were wondering, from BYU and Utah to open up the college football season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on August 29th. And with that 226 number in mind, let's bring in the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Satake, back to Studio B. What do you have planned for the next 226 (laughs) days, coach? Just a lot of work. Yeah, um, (laughs) it's coming up quickly, and we're excited for the game. And so excited to open up the season in Lavelle Edwards Stadium and, and against our rivals. I think we got some payback in mind, so hopefully we get that done. And, and uh, I'm really excited heading spring ball, you know, and after we're done recruiting. But, um, you know, Happy New Year to you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. 2019. Absolutely. 
I don't know when do you stop saying Happy New Year. I, I don't know at what point. I stopped about a week ago. So I'm way way late. That's okay. It's the first time we've seen you. I just really want it to be a great year. Yeah. So yeah. Happy <laughs> New Year, everyone. As do we. As I do think we. It's good. I th- you can. I think you can express a New Year through the month of January. <laughs> if you went to February, like, hey, Happy New Year. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's February. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it until January 31st. You're good. Yeah. You're good. It's been three or four weeks since we talked to you, but lots to discuss. Uh, the news of Ryan Pugh taking the OC job at Troy. What's your reaction mm-hmm. to that? We did read a quote from you, but. Uh, an opportunity for Ryan. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Ryan, and, and he's an amazing coach and great person. He did a great job for us for a year. Uh, I wish we had him longer, you know, but um, uh, it's always good when you have coaches that move on to, to great opportunities. And I've, I've said it before, I think we have a lot of future head coaches on our staff, and um, I, I, I know that they all aspire to be coordinators and, and head coaches at some point. And um, if, if they're getting these opportunities, that's a good sign for the program. BYU football coach Kalani Satake back on BYU Sports Nation. What's the one bit of advice that you gave to Ryan or you will give to Ryan as he takes on this new bigger role with Troy? Well, I am I, a guy that takes a lot of notes, so I told him to take a lot of notes. But I think he's um, there's there's some things that you just kind of have to you can warn them. It's like having children; you just don't know until you have them, you know. And you can you can take all the classes, and then it's just like you're sitting there changing a diaper and it's, it just hit you that it's so different <laughs> and then a couple kids later you're just used to them picking up cheese that's off the ground and giving it to them to eat again so, <laughs> throwing them away. so it's the same way I think um you know that he's just going to be baptism by fire a little bit but I think for him he's got all the the background and the makings of a, of a great coach uh, his father's a coach and the training that he ha- he's had he's had a great mentor in Jeff Grimes and uh you know played a national championship program so he he he's got the the genealogy for it, and I think he'll do a great job at Troy. Signing day is coming up, the part two, because we had the early signing day in December, on February 6th. What's the focus at this point for that day? Um, I, I don't know if we have a lot of holes right now to fill. I, I know that we, um, um, you know, for us, it's just to get the right fit and the guys that belong in our system that would um, that would help our team be better. And so, um, and that, that that's just not... Um, only on, on the football field. You know, we have to look at all, a lot of different parts of, of their life and, and uh, see what they can bring to the program. And uh, not everyone is given the promise of coming in as a, as a newcomer and being a starter right away, but what we can promise them is an opportunity to, to um, compete, and we will play the best. I think we've played a lot of freshmen this last year, and and uh, those freshmen now are going to be sophomores. and they're, um, So it's a it's a smaller class than what we've we've had in the past because of the returning players, but... Um, I feel really comfortable with our team going forward from here, but um, anything that we can add um, helps sweeten the deal and, and gets us uh, better and provides more depth and more competition. There is nothing quite like managing the fluidity of scholarship crunches and missions and transfers mm-hmm. and doing that for, I mean, essentially like a seven- or eight-year window. That is crazy. Dave Rose deals with it. You deal with it. All of the coaches here deal with it, but, I mean, basketball and football, it's super complicated at times. So how do you handle that when you find out guys are transferring and, and you're trying to figure out, okay, who has scholarships and who doesn't? Well, I think the point is to communicate with your players. And we've been um, – transfers and, and attrition have been part of fo- football programs for years. And this is just the first year that we've had a transfer portal, which I agree with. I, I've mentioned before that I, I'm all about um, – uh, releasing players when they want to when they want to transfer, and this allows them that opportunity. But now it also allows them to um, put themselves out there to be recruited, and I think that uh, gives them other options to choose from. In the past, you've had to just kind of go with your connections and 
no one really knew about if someone was transferring or not. So this one gives them an opportunity to get recruited again and, and probably f- fill a need. And most guys transfer for a very a variety of reasons, um, and they're not limited to one. One is that they want more playing time. That's probably the most common. And then uh, another is, is that the academics here is hard or, or and they can't handle it. Or another one is that they can't live the lifestyle. And uh, I think for most of our guys, it's been the playing time issue. And we've, we've had great communication as a coaching staff with our players. None of it's been a negative. We really want them to go and do well and, and have fun and, and um, have a great experience. And, and in the meantime, we were allowed to bring new guys and award scholarships to walk-ons, and, and uh, that's just part of it. But I think it's just kind of out in the open right now. People go into social media and, and kind of broadcasting that they're going on the transfer portal, which is really good for the kids and really good for college football. I wish I could have done that on my mission. Like, I don't really like my companion. <laughs> I'm on the transfer portal. I yeah. want a new I don't area, like this area. I want a new yeah. area and a new companion. Yeah, that would have been really nice. Uh, we talked in the opening segment about the, the uh, number one FBS jump by this team in pass defense by quarterback rating, which was somewhat surprising given you played four freshmen at corner. You had some experience behind them. But um, what went into that improvement? Well, I think the the major um, deal had to be with the preparation and the coaching that they got from Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes. And, and I mean, passing defense. Oh, passing defense. Yeah. Okay. I thought, well, the passing defense, uh, in the passing offense, we had great efficiency. But in passing defense, there's some guys that we brought in that, that um, got used to it. I mean, Corbin was a little bit more comfortable playing football. We moved positions and had guys try different places, like Sione Takitaki moving to the middle linebacker position, where I think it suited him better for his, his talents. That was a win. Yeah, and, and the just, Fred Warner model. Yeah, and we had and we've had to deal with um, with injuries at, at the linebacker position and other positions as well. And um, I thought that the coaches, Coach Tuyaki and Ed Lamb and Preston Hadley and General Guilford, did a great job of of uh, managing that. And I think if you look at the DBs, we had a lot of experience there with Diangon Wuluku. We played him at corner at times, and we played Mike Shelton at at, at nickel and safety and, and corner. So we were able to move guys around and. Um, and utilize our best our best guys on the field for uh, whatever scheme we're facing. And I have to give a lot of credit to the players and the versatility, but also our coaches on defensive side did, defensive side did a great job at, at um, get, devising a scheme and teaching the fundamentals and the technique of the scheme to, to execute and have a, a great outcome. You've clearly gone through the season with a fine-tooth comb in the moment and now after the fact as you review what the team did well, what you didn't do so well. So what other improvements and, well, yeah, let's start there. What other improvements besides the pass efficiency defense did you did really jump off the page to you as the head coach? Well, I, thought, I thought in the games that we tackled better, we, we, we were, um, I mean, in college football it's hard to give extra chances to people. So the fundamentals of the game is most important for us. Always focusing on, on the technique and uh, for us is, is um, making sure that we minimize gains by, by an offense, but um, and that's across the board from offense, defense, and special teams. It's, it's the technique and the fundamentals of the game. It goes back to the, the, the basics, you know. And so uh, we've had time in, in, in our practices and throughout the year to, to really focus on the fundamentals of the game. And it's crazy, but when you, when you go back to the basics, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more simple, and you can execute better. So I, I have to say um, making that move to, to focus on the little things matters the most for us. Now that you're not focusing on a game and the season's over, how'd you feel about the 2018 BYU football season? Yeah, I felt. I mean, obviously everybody wants to have a great a great year, and I thought uh, from what we've seen and the way we're trending, I, I was really pleased. You know, and uh, we'd love to have those close games back again. I, I can name four right away that that you'd wish you'd have a different outcome, and then the other ones that that um, I, I mean, that was NIU, um, Boise, Utah, and the Cal game. 
um, where we were literally one play away from make, from winning. And then on the others, the other two, the Utah State and Washington game, I felt like you got away from us after halftime. And the focus now is just to complete the 60 minutes on, on the football field, you know, and and uh, take advantage of every every second that we have on the field. And um, I think as we do that, the four parts of being a, a football player at BYU is handling the football part and the scheme, the technique, but also secondly handling the weight room and getting bigger and stronger and healthier. And then third part is handle the academics and make sure that you're eligible and doing well in school and competing in the classroom and also living the lifestyle with the honor code and, and the lifestyle that our that we expect our guys to do. I think if we do all four of those, we'll do well on the football field. BYU football coach Kalani Satake in Studio B, part of BYU Sports Nation. You're no stranger to dual sport athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Matt Bushman, your star tight end. He kind of dipped his foot in the pool with baseball. Corbin Kafusi has done the same thing. Bronson Kafusi did it before you got here, and a, a number of others. What do you think about Jaron Hall uh, and the prospect of him playing baseball and how it might impact his football career? Well, I think that's something that when we recruited Jaron out of high school, we we knew that he was a multi-sport athlete, and we knew that uh, baseball was something that he was really interested in, and it was the fact that we how he handled Matt Bushman and his uh, transition when he got from the mission that was really good for him to, to see the, that he could possibly play both. As I sat in his home, I promised him that I would let him do that. And, um, you know, from what we have said as a, as a football team, I think he's going to have to sacrifice something, you know, but... With NCAA, you're only allowed, uh, allowed a certain amount of hours that are mandatory, but then there's also a lot of, um, uh, you know, volunteer hours that he can put in as far as learning the scheme and things like that. But I don't want to overwhelm him, but he's got all the, uh, all the, the, the skills to play both. Not a lot of people can do that. He can, and he can play quarterback. And he had a great year in, as far as his backup role as, as a quarterback for, for Zach, you know, and, and uh, seeing some of the things that he's done. He's really bright and understands the game. So he's further ahead than people think. And I think he's going to be able to handle it really well. And I, I think it's important that he is able to go out and play baseball and, and uh, be, you know, feel like he, he, he can do both sports 100%. I, I think Coach Littlewood wants him on the team. And so. We'll just keep working with him. But I, from what I hear, he's going to be able to participate in spring and do all the football stuff. And I, I don't know if he'll have time for a social life after this. <laughs> something You said something yeah. has to be sacrificed. Yeah, perhaps, sacrifice? perhaps it's the social life. And I'm always going to recruit. Um, I'm always going to let guys play multi-sport you know, here at BYU. That's, that's something I have to promote in recruiting. But at the same time, I'm looking at these volleyball guys. They'd be great on PAT field of walk. <laughs> Don't you think they can yeah, dive? So he, six yes. Yeah, just get four yeah. of them out there and jump and Let's go. Walk. Who can who can make a kick with those guys blocking it? That was the Chad Lewis. Just idea, a right? plug for a recruiting. Yeah. yeah. If, <laughs> preferred walk on status for special teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Jaron Hall did play baseball and he was kind of a regular, would he be able to miss spring ball practice, or would you like him to be in practice and then play the games around that? I maybe you figure that out later, but well, I mean, baseball is in season, you know, and uh, we have 15 practices in spring that we can kind of work with, and so it's not like he's going to need to be there all those days. You know, we usually practice three or four days a week, and so there's some opportunities for him to to do both. And um, I, I think we've we've worked it out with Coach Littlewood and with the baseball program, but they're in season. And whatever Jaron needs to do to, to feel happy, that's all I care about. And so um, he'll, he'll have – it's not like baseball goes until August, you know. So he'll, he'll, he'll play baseball. I want him to give it all he's, he's got for that sport and for that team. And uh, we'll see what happens afterwards. But I think there's plenty of time for him to, to prepare and be, be a quarterback and compete at the quarterback position as well. Coach, there's a good chance we could have multiple former BYU football players in the Super Bowl. 
uh, squaring off. There are three of the four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. Taysom Hill and the Saints, Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots, Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs, and, of course, the ties to Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs. What do you think of the Cougars in the NFL playing this late into the season and uh, being in that added limelight? Well, it's a lot of fun, and those guys keep in, in touch with our program, and they they are constantly com- communicating with our players, and so um, our guys are really excited. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, I, you're talking to a guy that cheered for the 49ers just because they had BYU football players on their team, so um, our, our guys are the same way, and I know our fans. I, I talked to Kyle Van Noy when we were out there for the New England, uh, when we were playing UMass in their stadium, and and he was just talking about how the BYU fans are just all over the place. When he goes to different venues and they're playing on the road, there's fans in, in different uniforms, but they're cheering for him, you know, they're, they're, even though he's, at a, he's on a away game. But that's just the, the, the wonderful part about being part of Cougar Nation, that they're everywhere, and it's, a, it's awesome to be part of it. I know those guys in the, in the NFL enjoy it. Are you still true to the 49ers, even though your dad is a diehard Oakland Raiders fan? Yeah, it's just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> when they're in Vegas, who does Well, and Fred be... Warner, too. He, right. he makes the deal better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> your dad's going to be tripping down to Vegas a lot when... Uh... <laughs> When they're down, when the Raiders are down there, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they don't they don't get better than the Niners. The Niners are on the way up. <laughs> Kalani, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we appreciate the insight into the 2018 season, and we're clearly excited. 226 days away from BYU and Utah, and we'll see a signing day. Let's we, do it. Yeah, we have a two-hour show up. that day. We're excited. Be a lot of fun. Thank you. Go Kooks. Yes. Okay, coming up, what's your fast food formal meal of choice? We'll discuss. And next, Lauren McLean back in studio, which means it's time to go between the lines. Hello, Lauren. She's joined by MPSF Offensive Player of the Week, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. Let's do some work, huh? What's your fast food meal of choice, Lauren? BYU Women's Hoops host Gonzaga in the game of the century. Thursday in a matchup of the top two teams in the conference, both undefeated. Conference Player of the Week Paisley Johnson leads the Cougars on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, Thursday night. Hey, BYU beats Gonzaga at home. I think they're going to be in the rankings for quite a while this season. The Zags are 13th. BYU did not see, receive a single vote in the AP poll, which is really weird. Come on. If BYU beats Gonzaga... They'll be ranked, and I don't think they're going anywhere. They'd for a go while. from zero votes to ranked. That'd be you beat number thirteen, and you've yeah. won nine in a row, and you're fourteen. That's, and three. That would be an indictment on the voting this week. I totally would. How do they? You've won eight in a row, and you're what are they? Thirteen and fourteen and three. Fourteen and three, and you receive zero votes. Yeah, that's weird. I know. Anyways, no one breaks down the women's hoop schedule like BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's headlines. The University of Troy announcing. The official hire of Ryan Pugh as their new offensive coordinator. Bama guy going back to Bama. We're happy for him. Pugh had been the offensive line coach for BYU, did an outstanding job in his one season. Kalani Sataki just joined us and discussed Ryan Pugh's departure and brought up the point that, look, not only is he, and I, and I quote, I'm excited for Coach Pugh. This is a great opportunity for Ryan to become a coordinator in his home state. He's an outstanding coach, and I appreciate all he has done to help our program. I wish him the best at Troy. He added, it's good to have guys that get plucked from your program because you know you've had high-level performing guys good. in place. If everyone stays, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BYU men's and women's basketball swept the West Coast Conference Player of the Week awards. Yoli Child, second Nod this season, 27.5 points and 9 rebounds per game in two wins last week. And Paisley Johnson, first player of the week nod this year, 24.5 points per game in two road wins last week. BYU men's volleyball climbs one spot in the ADCA coaches poll to number four with the help of 
Gavi Garcia Fernandez. We'll have much more from him in just a moment. He is the MPSF Molten Offensive Player of the Week, 31 kills. He had 410. Newcomer and Italian, Davide Gardini, also made an impact. Named the Off the Block National Freshman of the Week, 22 kills, 6 digs, a couple of blocks. BYU and Penn State match up this Friday. And BYU gymnast Shannon Evans earns Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Bars and Floor Specialist of the Week. Impressive performance against number three, Utah on Friday. She scored a 9.875 on the bars, 9.9 on the floor. Posting an all-around score of 39-4. Pushed BYU to its highest opening score in program history. Subsequently, Evans' floor routine, which you're seeing on BYU TV, had a Mario Brothers theme. It went viral on uh, on Twitter and uh, coverage from Yahoo Sports and Sports Illustrated. So well done by <laughs> Shannon Evans. Awesome. All right, it's now time to turn our attention back to BYU men's volleyball. And uh, they've been rocking the brooms through their first two matches, sweeping Ohio State and Ball State in the Smithfield house. Boom went the dynamite. Thanks to team highs and kills from BYU's Puerto Rican opposite. With that in mind, let's bring in Lauren McLean. Hi, Lauren. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great. Super. (laughs) Super. That's wonderful. All right. (laughs) Way to stay on topic, Smith. Uh So, Gabby Garcia Fernandez had a stellar freshman season, as we know, and he's pretty much been dominating this season as well. What's crazy is there's been a lot of really good Puerto Rican players that have come through BYU program. Jerem could probably tell you their height, weight, and name and marital status off the top of his head. I'll tell him. We'll we'll do that a little bit later. But most of them are really proud of where they come from, including Gabi. So we decided to give him the opportunity to educate the students on his homeland. So let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I'm here with sophomore opposite Gabi Garcia Fernandez from the men's volleyball team. He's from Puerto Rico, but another few facts about him. ABCA Newcomer of the Year, MPSF Freshman of the Year, named all MPSF and off-the-block freshman All-American. If you don't know who this guy is, you better educate yourself really quick here. Gabi, what was it like growing up in Puerto Rico for you? It was really fun, and the culture is amazing, and it's always sunny. It's not this cold. So <laughs> so how did you start playing volleyball in Puerto Rico? From school, you know, high school. I just played in high school and then started playing club and kept going from there. There have been 10 players on the BYU men's volleyball team from Puerto Rico. I think it's time to educate these people about Puerto Rico a little bit, don't you? I agree. All right, let's do it. guys so we are from BYU TV we are testing people's geography are you up to the test sure. you guys know which territory was discovered by Christopher Columbus in 1493 wasn't it 1492 wasn't it or 1493 Puerto Rico Dominican Republic amen South America Florida we'll go with that Puerto Rico you guys Puerto Rico yeah I that's your final answer yeah are you sure uh, I'm gonna lock it in are you sure Puerto uh, Rico too no <laughs> no it's a guess one man Puerto Rico it's like Puerto Rico alright Puerto Rico <laughs> it's Puerto Rico where can you find the world's largest telescope in Puerto Rico <laughs> Alaska I'm gonna say Puerto Rico Russia it's Puerto Rico again. hey Mo what's up man what's up bro I am gonna test your geography do you know where I'm from Brazil, right? Sure. All right. Which territory 
national dish is arroz con gandules? I don't know. Um, Puerto Rico? Colombia. He's Colombian, so... I'm Colombian, but it, I know it's not <laughs> Colombia. I'm going with Colombia. All right, I'm telling you, I'm Colombian. It's not Colombia, but... Uh... <laughs> I'll say the same thing. Are you going to say Puerto Rico? Costa Rica is a part of it. Are you going to say Puerto Rico yeah. Costa Rica? I'll say Puerto Rico again. Brazil? <laughs> Puerto Rico again. Which territory is the busiest cruise ship's port? Um, I don't know. Well, I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> I would guess Ensenada. I was thinking like Panama. Oh, Panama. It's Cuba. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Puerto Rico. Oh, <laughs> Are all the questions about Puerto Rico? You don't know that. So we sure only ask coral beaches. No sand. Puerto Rico. All right. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, definitely. Puerto Rico. Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. It's Guam. <laughs> Which one? Guam. Guam. Sure. That's all I got. It's Guam. <laughs> you guys got it right. You know, good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Go to class. Gabi, after that experience of interviewing some of your fellow students, what message did you have for the student body? I'm kind of impressed. A lot of people know where Puerto Rico is. Um, I mean, good job, really. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. And we're all excited for men's volleyball. What expectations do you have for your team this season? You guys are going to have fun this season, really. We are so excited for this. Uh, it's going to be a great season, I believe. I'm excited to play. All right, we can't wait. Go Cougs! All right, the men's volleyball team keeps it rolling this Friday against Penn State. Next week on Between the Lines, it's yet another Har and Lar. We head to the yeah. Marriott Center to do a little basketball trivia with The Rock. So follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using the hashtag BYUBTL. Nobody loves Har and Lar more than Har. <laughs> no, I know. It's true. More than Brandon Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love the, the unincorporated territory, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico? We, everyone loves Puerto Rico. Everyone we have shoes Puerto from a Puerto Rican on the set over here. That's, I was actually going to point that out. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. We love Puerto Rico at BOU Sports Nation. Awesome. Also, I love Har and Lar, but with the show Laurel and Hardy, how did we not go with Lauren and Harvey? We, we've actually had this conversation before. Yes. And it, it was just in Harvey Unga's hands. He really <laughs> wanted Har and Lar. I trust the ball in his it. hands. I do, too. I do, too. So yeah. how could I say no? I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Harvey Unga right, says it. Right. I'm in. Okay. It's Puerto Rico. Okay. It's Puerto Rico. It's Guam. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Coming up, BYU's a volleyball school. school. More evidence in the whip. Ah, uh, yes. And next, food fit for a king. Or was it food provided by the king? This is BYU Sports We don't have a Nation. king in this country. We have a president. So Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, but get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Gregor Bell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. This week's guests include golfer Peter Quest for perfection, former hoopster Eric Nielsen. It's Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Uh, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with there he is. a tweet from at DeYoung1993 oh, in it. response to BYU's Between the Lines and the Puerto Rican 
history check. Yeah. He says, one small fact check, the Arecibo radio telescope in Puerto Rico is the second largest oh! in the world now. Oh! China just built one larger, but it was the largest for a long time. So, it's China. It's China. But you'll get what? Of course, the Chinese built a bigger telescope. Yeah, well, you know, Wikipedia doesn't always get updated as fast as you want, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for the or fact check at D Young1993. Interesting. I think Gobby's going to hear about this at practice today. Hey, uh, Devin, how's your pinky after surgery yesterday? That's the other question we have. Mm-hmm. That's the assistant coach for BYU Men's Volleyball who broke his pinky like eight days ago. Okay, as always, you can always tweet in 24-7 on social media Do using it. the hashtag BYUSN about anything. If you want to fact check or just answer our question of the day, whatever you want. Okay, fun story if you are not aware. Clemson football was invited to the White House to celebrate their national championship mm-hmm. with a White House fast food buffet. <laughs> okay. This sounds good if you're like if it's linger longer and you're at BYU <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon after fast Sunday. So, but when you imagine, win the national title, imagine all of the nice furniture and the silver candles. It's like these fancy candles, yeah. Like and Beauty and the Beast set up here. Big Macs and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and Baconators? Baconators. Like, for the average college student, it's like, dude, this is That's dope. awesome. But these are high-level athletes. You know, you know what was really missing there? Chick-fil-A. Okay. That, that, is the, that is the formal fast food of choice for me. More so than In-N-Out Burger? Be, yes, because Chick-fil-A is so classy. Closed on Sundays, happy, nice, courteous, kind, obedient, thrifty, clean, brave people. And awesome. reverent. And hungry. There you go. Yep. And they are celiac friendly. Gluten free options at Chick fil A. Are others not? Some restaurants are not. Well, then. Some restaurants are not. Well, okay, okay, so then. call Chick-fil-A. them out. Is Chick fil A the pristine fast food joint? Like the Ruth's Chris of fast food joints? Ah. <laughs> and what is considered fast food? Like, can these burrito joints, Costa Vida and Cafe I would Rio, say those are a step up. And are, are those still considered fast food, or is it not fast food? Yeah, yeah. is fast food determined by the speed in which you get the food because the word's fast? The word fast is in there? Because As now some of these restaurants the have drive throughs too. Right. So does oh. that make them a fast food chain? This is a, this is a question for a <laughs> sports show. Yes. Yes, you BYU Food Nation. We're going to discuss should, this on hey, June twenty seventh. We should just become the um, we should just become the ringer, you know. Um, yeah, and this just in the fast food offering in the White House was due to the government yes, shutdown. We, yeah, we should point that wait, out. So there, there wait, is, hold on. Why why couldn't they go to other restaurants? Fast food. Wait, I don't. Was it a limited budget or something? Was that the idea? Perhaps, I, I but yes, the government shutdown is I don't know what that has to do with where the happens. intern can go to grab food. <laughs> what does that have to do with that? I don't know. The intern can our, work? They're probably in- volunteer our, anyway. Are interns impacted? Yes, probably by the government shutdown. So who got it then? Someone got it. Why couldn't they go over there instead of there? <laughs> I don't see the connection. End the shutdown, please, so we can feed our high-level athletes. Clemson. The food they deserve. Meanwhile, Alabama's dining on the finest meats and cheeses. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. awesome. That was Trump's choice. <laughs>
I'm not supposed to comment on political things. <laughs> Pizza and burgers for everyone. I love it. Let's be honest, though. It would have been awesome. You're like, dude, I can get all of it. One time with my dad when I was a teenager, we went to like four different fast food restaurants like in a row, you know, progressive dinner. Father's Day. It was awesome. I so love it. It would actually be fun. I, they just won a national title. So you'd think it'd be a little. Uh, Coming up, Super Mario and BYU Gymnastics go viral. Together. And five different Cougars receive weekly conference honors. It's a good week. Details on the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. Want a Big Mac or what? Shout out to today's guest, head coach of BYU Football, Kalani Satake. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, BYUSN.com, to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Uh, our government shut down internally affected the guests as well. We ran out of time. Let's go. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Troy officially announced the hire of Ryan Pugh as its new offensive coordinator. Pugh is the offensive line coach at BYU for one season. Men's basketball. BYU men's and women's basketball sweeping the WCC Player of the Week honors. Yoli Childs earned his second Player of the Week award with Paisley Johnson on the women's side receiving her first Player of the Week award. Volleyball. Climbs a spot to number four in the ABCA coaches poll. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week. Freshman Davide Gardini is the off-the-block National Freshman of the Week as well. Gymnastics. BYU's Shannon Evans earned Joint Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Bars and Floor Specialist of the Week honor. She scored a 9.875 on the uneven bars and a 9.9 in her Super Mario Floor routine, posting a total score of 39.4 and pushing BYU to its highest opening team score in program history. Golf. Zach Blair is 7-under through two rounds at the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic on the Web.com Tour. Blair is in fifth place. Softball. Seniors Libby Sugg and Allie Hancock named team captains for the 2019 season. The Cougars begin their season on February 7th in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico against South Carolina. Tennis. Sounds tough. Mm-hmm. The women's team finished three days of matches at the Metroplex Mania with 10 wins between the singles and the doubles teams. Madeline Almeida and Polina Malik went undefeated in the third flight doubles, 3-0. Almeida also maintained an undefeated status in the fourth flight singles, 3-0. Today's rise and shout goes to Jaron Hall for attempting the dual sport athlete challenge. And Kalani Sitake said uh, it sounds like he could miss some spring ball practices to play baseball. What was the most impressive individual performance by a BYU athlete, past or present over the weekend? Elite voice of the day from at CL underscore living. The BYU Sports Nation camera didn't focus on a single individual, and there were several outstanding performances. Even the seldom-mentioned men's tennis blank Utah 4 nothing. Great weekend. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Lake Hemuli. Go Cougs! Get outside with the 